My name is Harrison Wheeler, and this is Technically Speaking. Glad to have your ears for the next 30-something minutes. I cannot express my gratitude enough as we take this path of enlightenment together, learning the stories of designers from all around the world. As simply put, this is a podcast about the human experience. Today's guest is principal designer, which we'll get into what that means a little bit later, and executive director of the Interact Project that is now 16 years strong, Maurice Woods. We discuss the origins of the Interact Project and its mission to empower underrepresented youth through design education and opportunities to explore design in career and life. During the show, we reflect on how his professional basketball career played a role in bringing on the duality of existing in different spaces and how the mentorship of prolific Seattle-based musician and design pioneer Tony Gable kept him on the right track. Here's Maurice in his own words. I feel like as mm. I play sports, you know, I've done the nonprofit thing. I've worked in various yeah. different uh, areas in design and it's really sort of helped me sort of uh, become who I am and, and be able to sort of, uh, ex- you know, you learn a lot when you're around a lot of different people from different perspectives yeah. and um, see the world differently when you have, you know, um, sort of existed in all these various different spaces and places. Well, that's it for the intro. Let's get into the show. My guest today is Maurice Woods. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Thank you, man, for uh, having me on here today, Harrison. And, uh, you know, I really appreciate it and being able to, uh, you know, tell my story. First and foremost, I am a designer. Uh, It's funny because, uh, you know, I've worked as an executive director and founder of Interact Project for so long that people forget the fact that I'm a designer. So (laughs) I got to start saying that at first. I'm a designer. Um, Yeah. And, uh, you know, I've, uh, throughout my, my life in design, I've worked across advertising. Um, I've, uh, worked at, you know, places like Pentagram design where I've, it's uh, basically a traditional print, um, branding, uh, design agency. And then from there, I had my own startup for a little bit, uh, a business called Convo Zine. And then from there, I went to work at Yahoo. Um, as a senior designer, visual designer, uh, slash product designer, and then um, to where I am now at Microsoft, which, you know, I'm a product designer, a principal product designer there, um, working on a variety of things from, you know, anything from machine learning and AI to, you know, uh, you know uh, designing and leading the, uh, f- the latest family safety mobile app. Um, as well as uh, visual design and branding. I kind of have my hands on a lot of various different things. And, you know, from the uh, uh, founder side of things, I started a nonprofit called Interact Project that I've been working on now for uh, over 16 years. Dope, dope. So you mentioned you're doing your hands in a lot of things. What exactly is a principal designer and would be interesting at least to explain to the audience like what does that sort of different career segmentation look like yeah yeah 
you know, principal designer um, is, you know, I, I guess the best way I can really explain it is it is a designer who is capable of leading and running projects, whether that be as an individual contributor or as a manager. Yeah. And the level of responsibility is really leaning towards someone who is capable of taking a project from, you know, uh, its sort of beginning stages yeah, and uh, being able to sort of drive that work uh, and, and, you know, bring a, a certain perspective to help either launch a product, make a product better, or actually design the product themselves. So, you know, I'm an individual contributor. Uh, I chose yeah. that because um, of the work that I do at Interact Project. I'm already really busy and I, I felt like um, I'm already managing people on that side and that it was important for me to, uh, you know, stay an uh, individual contributor so that I can continue doing that without having to manage mm -hmm. more people outside of managing right. people in Interact Project. And then I think also the, the individual contributor role was helpful in me being able to, um, you know, flex my creative side, you know, it's like, sure. you know, as a manager, sometimes you, you have to deal with the day-to-day -day, uh, of people management and it's not, not anything's wrong with that. But for me personally, I, I like to actually create things and make things. So there was a bit of, uh, yeah. you know, interest in continuing to do that. So, yeah. Yeah. And I, I think there's sort of this, a little bit of a misnomer that if you want to grow in design, you have to move into management, but there are indeed Sorry. sort of IC tracks where there are a lot of senior roles. Yep. Um, so it's great to, to kind of see you exemplify what that means at, at its highest level while maintaining uh, operationally interact project. Um, so man, just just kind of like looking into to you know doing my research on you. Um, you grew up in Richmond, California, yep. and also in the past, you 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 played professionally. Yep, I sure um, did, man. You know, yeah, man. I, I, it's it's funny because <laughs> you know I was I was talking to I was it was funny because I was talking with uh, a friend of mine the other day, and. Yeah. Uh, I was just telling him how, as a designer, people don't really realize how tall I am until they actually see me. You know what I'm saying? And, and you know, right. like in Zoom calls, like I'm sitting down, so people are like, oh, okay. But, you know, when they actually see me, they're stunned because it was like, man, I know you played basketball, but I didn't know you were that tall. And how tall are you? I'm 6'10". So, you know. Wow. I, I tower up there. So people are just are sometimes yeah. taken back because they don't realize yeah. that, you know, and it's not common, you know, obviously like, you know, no. you don't see like almost seven foot designers walking around, but like, right. You know, I, I started off my career um, wanting to be an NBA star. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, as early as high school, you know, I was, I've always been the tallest kid on the block. And, you know, in my neighborhood, we were all doing sports. We were doing basketball, football, you know, and music. And, um, you know, basketball uh, got me a scholarship to, to, to a school, right. which allowed me to get exposed to, you know, design. So I'm very grateful for that. 
And uh, right. <clears throat> after graduating from, from college and, and, you know, getting that degree and also being on a basketball team there, I was able to um, take, take uh, my, my skills and continue to play professional basketball. I, I played in Spain, an island in um, Canary Islands called Fuerteventura. And I played there for a season. Basically, the season's about nine months, nine to 10 months out of the year. And then um, after that, I was on the Canary Islands again, another island called Tenerife um, mm-hmm. in Spain. And all through that time, we traveled all over Spain playing teams. Right. And then uh, the, the third year, I was in uh, Greece. Uh, I played for a team called Papago, which is named after the city Papago, where I stayed. And uh, after wow. that, I was in Gravelines in, um, in the northern, northern western point in uh, France. And uh, wow. then after that, I spent the rest of my uh, years in Japan and, you know, Osaka and Niigata. So, you know, I, I've, you know, I had a, a great experience and this was all before I played basketball. It's like, I tell people, it's like, I have like separate lives. I feel like, you know, because mm. I play sports, you know, I've done the nonprofit thing. I've worked in various yeah. different uh, areas in design and, it's really sort of helped me sort of uh, become who I am and, and be able to sort of, uh, ex- you know, you learn a lot when you're around a lot of different people from different perspectives yeah. and um, see the world differently when you have, you know, um, sort of existed in all these various different spaces and places. How, how long was the, the basketball career? It was, it, total was about seven years. So about six wow. seasons, okay. you know, and it kind of overlapped. So it, it was, you know, it was quite a bit of time and uh, yeah. it, it was, there were some good moments and some bad moments, you know, it's like being away from home, yeah. although it's nice to be in exotic places and, and, you know, Canary Islands was beautiful and Greece was beautiful, Japan and France. Um, you do get homesick, you know, unfortunately, yeah. you know, just being over there nine, 10 months out of the year and then you're home for like, it feels like a month really. And then you gotta right. go back. And yeah. so he just gets a little old and I was over there for, you know, quite a bit of time. And then, you know, I was kind of ready to settle And towards the end of my um, basketball career. I was kind of like really more interested in design. Honestly, I was kind of yeah. eager. I wanted to, I wanted to do that. And um, yeah. you know, I started bringing my laptop over there and I was like just designing things on my own. And um, yeah. How, how, how was that experience with your teammates? Because yeah. uh I don't know if you know this about me, but I actually played football in college. Oh, I didn't know that. So I, 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 yeah, I can relate to the living different lives because there are people that know me as an athlete <laughs> and then there are people that know me right. as a designer. And then some people are like, you know, I get the same thing. I'm not close to seven feet, but I definitely don't look like the, you right. know, the stereotypical designer. <laughs> and so when you're around these different people kind of working on design, did you get any like different sort of reactions from folks? What were people like? Were they like, what are you doing? Yeah. You know, uh, I, I got to tell you this funny story, although it's probably not so funny in theory, but um, I remember, I won't say where this happened at, but it was at a company <laughs> that I worked at. And okay. there was this guy who, uh, you know, this white guy and you know i i've known him you know for you know at least a year we you know we're not like buddy buddy or anything but we are on call together and we finally 
uh, were working together. And, uh, you know, we had this project or this thing we had to do together um, and we had a meeting and, uh, you know, he was just intrigued and he felt like mm. it was important for him to, uh, you know, express how intrigued he was about who I was. And, and, you know, he was like, man, I just, you know, I just, when I first saw you, I just didn't think that you would be a designer. And he didn't really, I mean, it was like totally like a racist thing to say. And, but he was trying to be genuine about it. I, I didn't really feel like he had any malice in his heart, but I was stoked yeah. by what he said. Obviously I was like, what, what are you talking about? Right. And he was just like, yeah, you know, I, you know, when I, I saw you, I just, you know, you're really tall. You're like, you look like, you know, a basketball player. And, you know, I just never would have thought that you would be, you know, doing this kind of work and this quality of work or this type of thing. And I'm just like, mm. I'm like, and at that point, I'm like trying to change the topic, right? I'm like, all right, right. Man, you, you kind of, you're, you're kind of going there with it. You're going <laughs> to get me mad now. So let's just change the subject. Right. But, you know, people's response to me is often, uh, you know, that a surprise and intrigue because, even even outside of, you know, being a designer, people are always intrigued by my height because you don't see that many tall people like myself walking around. And most people right. associate people at my height with NBA and the intrigue around tall people mm-hmm. to NBA. So they just respond that way. And sometimes right. it's a response of, wow, I can't believe how tall you are. Wow. And then sometimes mm-hmm. it you know, it, it gets annoying, you know, like when you're out and you're trying yeah. to do something serious and somebody is asking you a million questions that you don't want to answer. And, yeah. uh, you know, that stuff happens in design and in both. It's just people's reaction, you know, right. but I've kind of heard it all at this point. So mm-hmm. um, I'm, I'm pretty chill about it as long as people are respectful around how they do it. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So, so look, uh, we, we talked about the, the basketball career, but I think the underlying theme here is that you've been in design your whole life. And so how did, how did your childhood and your upbringing play a role into the journey that you've made so far? And even kind of looking into your career, like early on, you started out, um, you know, you were doing agency work. And I, I also saw that when you first started out designing, you also started the Interact project. Yep. What was the motivating factor behind that? Well, um, it, it started for me when I was a kid, I think, you know, a, as a young person, you know, I, I mean, I grew up in Richmond and it's the, it was the hood, mm-hmm. you know, and, yeah. and we, you know, I, I didn't know anything about the arts or design or anything like that. I was a, a little creative kid that, you know, like to draw and like to take things apart and put them back together. That's, that was it. And that was fun right. to me. Um, I never thought about, you know, a career. I was on a basketball track. And, uh, you know, mm-hmm. I think that the, the, you know, now that I look back on where I am now, I see that, that uh, interest in being creative and then also the mix of, you know, the fact that my father and my mother were um, strongly sort of uh, strong components of black culture and, and supporting like, uh, you know, uh, you know, the movement 
You know, my father was an Oakland police officer. So, you know, mm-hmm. he, he was like, you know, from East Oakland and, you know, he was raised around like, you know, the same things that I was raised around. And, um, he always had this perspective around like, you know, you know, doing good for, for people of color and doing what you can mm-hmm. to support, uh, you know, um, other, other black people and being prideful in who you were. So that was just instilled with me as a young person. Right. And, um, as I started to sort of grow in my career, uh, specifically like, you know, with basketball, uh, it always was within me. And then when I got into design, <laughs> uh, you know, it was, it was crazy because it's like, I went from Richmond where there was a lot of black folks, first of all, to Seattle, where it was just like, it wasn't really hardly any black folk up there. And then, you know, I was going from playing basketball to design, you know, basketball, like my teammates, you know, I had a lot of black teammates to mm-hmm. uh, design where like I was the only black person in the, in the room. And so right. I think that, you know, the experience of growing up the way that I did really sort of, um, trained me or got me prepared for where I am now in terms of like, uh, my ability to be able to sort of separate work, uh, you know, uh, life, uh, and my culture and be able to sort of, uh, understand that all those, those three things are part of who I am. I at least can acknowledge the fact that the uh, various different uh, ways of who I am and how I live my life can be sort of uh, defined or not defined by the things that I do or I choose not to do. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, being a, a you know, a, a, a young person growing up and uh, having to figure things out, it, it's tough. And that's the reason why I kind of started Interact Project is because it's like, you know, I sort of stumbled on design, right? Like I, I didn't like set out early in my life and say, man, I want to be a designer um, because I see, you know, um, you know, logos and, and things that I've always desired, you know, as a young person, um, yeah. you know, the magazines, the jet magazines and the layouts and stuff <laughs> like that, right? Like I was looking at that stuff, but I never right. really put the pieces together. And so, right. you know, as I started to get into design, I was like, oh man, man, I can actually like, this is something that's kind of cool for me. Mm. And, um, you know, I fell in love with it pretty quickly. And so that's kind of how, yeah. how it kind of like started. And then after that, you know, I, I left and I played basketball and I came back from playing basketball and I was like, you know what? Um, I really love doing this. And I know that there's a lot of other kids out there that may not be like, able to get a scholarship or may not get exposed mm. to design at all and may have right. this creative interest. And so I wanted to do something about it. And I was, I was not honestly expecting that interact project would be what it is today. I just, you know, there was a grad grad class that I had taken and uh, you know, I took the class and, it was about how to use design to change the world. And for me, from my perspective, again, going back to my childhood, like, you know, right. black experience, you know, 
growing up in a black neighborhood, seeing, seeing, uh, you know, my partners and, you know, the things that they were going through and taking all of that and using that as fuel for me to do something, to use my skills to actually do something to improve the lives of other people that I know may not have that opportunity. And so mm. that's kind of how the, the childhood and all the work and the things that I went through sort of started to gel together. And yeah. I wrote a proposal for Interact Project. I drove it around to community centers in Seattle at the time because I was coaching basketball. So I had a lot of people in the right. community that I was connected to. And mm. dog, man, it's like, I mean, this is like 2004, 2003, 2004. Right. And now it's more popular, you know, it's more popular yeah. for, you know, coding organizations and design organizations back then. Nobody wasn't feeling that. It wasn't feeling I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to think through this myself. Like right. I was the only black person in my design program. And so I can't imagine you there was no like we're talking about three percent right now. Right. I mean it's it was crazy. Yeah. So I, I'm sitting up you, there like I, I'm sitting up there like, man, like I, I gotta do something. And so right. I, I, I literally, you know what I, I all I did was I wrote a proposal. Right. And I just said, you know what, I'm just going to go around. And, and here's the killer, Harrison. Like, right. like when I when I first started doing this, people in the community, like black folk, was not feeling it. They mm-hmm. was like, our kids don't want this. I was going to community centers. And yeah. I was like, I'll give, I'm, this class is free. All I want to do is just come in your community center. I'll do it for free. Mm-hmm. And I got turned down by a lot of community right. centers. And finally... I found one in like West Seattle, Delridge Community Center. And I had been coaching basketball at another community center. And there was this woman who worked there. She was moving mm-hmm. over to uh, this, this Delridge Community Center. And she was like, you can bring it there. And that's not, that's, mm-hmm. that's was the first thing. I, I started off with three right. kids in 2004. I just basically opened up. I designed posters. I put them all over the place in all the community centers. Right. I started off with three kids at the beginning of summer 2004. By the end of summer mm. 2004, I had I was working with 30 kids. You know. Wow. So it just and then from there it's just you know just grew. You're just navigating this by yourself, like because yep. I, I I always always ask, did you have any mentors? Like uh, like was there anyone that advised you? What was that like? I you know <clears throat> I was fortunate enough to have. Um, you know, Tony Gable, rest in peace. You know, that was my boy. Mm. <clears throat> you know, Tony Gable was, he was someone who um, I really, really respected. And um, I, I know today that if, well, I can almost, I, I can say probably like if if I didn't know him, and I didn't get a chance to meet him. I don't know if I would have stayed in design. Um, mm. He was a black man, had his own business. And see, that was an anomaly too. That was an anomaly back in the day because there wasn't a lot of black graphic designers that have their own business. And he had his own business. Mm. And, uh, you know, uh, he was working on projects for Microsoft. And he was, and, and his work was cultural, right? So I was connected right. with it, you know? And it's like, 
the way I right. found this work, I was going to an um, art store, a poster shop in um, the um, black community in Seattle. And yeah. I saw his poster in there and I asked about it. And then the guy who worked there was like, oh yeah, it's a local designer, Tony Gable. And then we, mm. I kind of, he kind of told me his name. I looked him up. We, we connected with each other and that's how we became cool. And right. He sounds, he sounds like prolific in the community alone. Yeah, man. I mean, he was, he was integrated in the community. He was doing stuff, but he was also a musician. So he actually mm. was in a band that gave Kenny G his start. So wow. the man was cool, man. I mean, he was a cool bro. And uh, he and I used to always talk about, you know, like the importance of, you know, doing for our own people. And uh, I had him as a mentor. And when I started mm. Interact Project, um, you know, all again, going back to childhood, and, and, you know, and then meeting Tony and having somebody there to kind of talk about some of the things that I was uh, trying to do and, and right. the projects that I wanted to work on. Tony was kind of there to kind of say, Mo, I would, I would do it like this, or I would try this, or he'd be like, man, mm -hmm. I support what you're doing. Keep doing that brother. Keep going. And, um, right. that really motivated me, but for interact project, you know, I, I just, you know, there was no context other than the fact that I had also had professors there, Annabelle Gould and Doug Wadden and a bunch of other professors, Karen Chang, and who were really kind of there to kind of help, um, you know, me navigate through this project, Interact Project, and kind of help support it. Chris Absuko right. is another teacher who, who was there. Um, but I was learning on the fly. You know, I didn't know anything about mm -hmm. starting a nonprofit or doing this work. I was just excited, you know, to be doing something that really, really mattered to me. And that's what drove me. I just kept going, yeah. kept going, kept building the curriculum. And, you know, at, after the first year I was working at the University of Washington, they let me have space there to work. And I was working with community organizations, bringing kids in. And, you know, I had grad, graduate students at the University of Washington that were working with me and helping me, uh, you know, draft curriculum. And then they were teaching the class. Um, it's just a lot of things now that I look back at it that really kind of fell into place. And it right. wasn't really something that I really imagined that I would be doing to this day, but, you know, I just kind of kept going at it and I just kept being inspired by the work that I was doing and the people that I was working with and working for. Right. And, and the Interact Project has been going on long enough too. Where you've had, years. Yeah. Where you've had, you've had students start at a young age and kind of go through what is like that curriculum look like over time yeah and i would love love to just kind of dive into that i call it a life cycle because i yeah. think the the miss sort of miss sort of uh guided sort of uh theory around what we do is that we're trying to take kids from middle school all the way to career mm. we do do that but um, really what I'm trying to build is a system. And the system is such that whether you're coming in at middle school, whether you're coming in at high school, whether you're coming in at college or early career, that we have something for you. And mm. whatever, whatever, you know, um, you know, stage in life that you're at, uh, the goal is, is that 
we should be able to provide some level of resources or opportunities for you to be successful in the design business. Now, right. students that I've had, like, yeah, I have students that are have gone to college. Some of them are, are working. Some of them are still in, in college. Um, a lot of my students, you know, and I'll be just, I'm always transparent with people about this because I think that, um, you know, a lot of times the industry that I work in, sometimes you have people that kind of conflate what they're really doing. And mm. I don't want to do that. Like it's, you know, like until I would say 2000 and I would say probably 2014, 15 is when I really started tracking students all the way up until that point, man, I was just teaching. I'll be honest. You know, I was trying to learn. I was, we were, I was learning how things work. I was uh, sort of trying to understand what students were interested in. And it was mm. just me, you know, and we, right. I had volunteers. I had no staff. So mm. I was doing everything I can to try to teach the curriculum. I was trying to raise money. I was working a full-time job. Um, I was trying to sort of manage the volunteers. I was doing it all by myself, dude. And right. so it was just it was tough for me to do everything and then keep on track on where all the students were. And looking back on it, like if anybody ever thinks about starting a nonprofit like this, it's very important that you establish early on, like, you know, fundraising and, and metrics mm -hmm. and understanding all these things that I didn't understand when I first started. But, you know, um, the, the track for, how we work and the things that we do are really, you know, embedded in the fact that uh, we are multi-layered and we have various different um, uh, entry points. Um, the most important thing or the, the three major things that like listeners should understand about our organization is that <clears throat> one, we cover um, education, which I think is obvious. We, we have curriculum that 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 spans across um you know uh you know early discovery uh to intermediate to advanced courses to okay. you know advanced to professional uh you know uh courses and um you know education is obviously a big portion of what we do but right education is not it's not the uh only means for uh, improving diversity in design. You have to have, uh, you know, advocacy. Uh, you have to have yeah. ways where you can show other people of color in the business that other people can also learn and see like, okay, if I start here, I can eventually be like that person. You know, you think right. about basketball, it's like that, right? Like you have, right. you know, a free basketball court you can go and practice on. I have my coach who I can help teach me and learn. But then I can also see Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, and LeBron James and see that they yeah. have long-lasting careers and they're making good money. And I can see like, okay, they started by doing this and getting taught this right. way, and then they became this. That is what Interact Project is trying to do. So we have yeah. education, advocacy, and then the last is like you know, entrepreneurship. And I think entrepreneurship mm. is not about trying to uh you know make kids millionaires it's about how do you get a young person to understand 
um, how to design something in such a way where they have uh, certain restrictions or they can yeah. understand the uh, client or the person that they're designing for with a set of limitations. And so that could mm -hmm. be, you know, you only have $20 and you have to figure out how to design this one thing for this group of people, or, you know, come up with a solution that you can design that is meant to help you make, you know, $5 a month. I mean, it can be something as simple as that. And it's just training right. them to think um, a little bit right. more differently than just, oh, I have this problem. I'm just going to put this thing together and just going to put it out in the world. And people may like it. People may not like it. Really trying to get them yeah. to think a little bit deeper about the stuff that they're designing. So you know, I know yeah. I've talked a lot about it, but it's very hard, Harrison, because there is so much stuff that we do, um, you know, that even goes beyond that. We're like, you know, systemic barriers and things that we're trying to address with our students and understanding yeah. the backgrounds that they come from that uh, I can be talking for hours and hours about that. So <laughs> I, I, I'll stop it there. But um yeah, There's a lot of work that happens with, with this. Yeah, and I and and by the way, I think those three areas. I mean, that's industry wide. Those things are missing, yep. and and I think I think it speaks a lot to how well equipped designers that go through the Interact project will be once they get into the workforce, or even just kind of like brushing up on what they already know. Yep. Um, that was really kind of part of that was what my emphasis around like what is a principal designer, yeah. right? Because even today, there there's still a lot of confusion on what does a career look like for a designer alone. Yeah. Um, so I think these are are very very important topics, and even more relevant, just you know, thinking about 16 years, uh, you know, it's it's interesting because I probably say within the last five seven years, there's been just a ton of growth on these engineering boot camps alone. And you've been there the whole time. Yep. Right? I've been there before and, them. So like, exactly. you know, that's the part that gets me, you know, um, excited because, yeah. you know, th with the explosion of engineering and the, and the coding program, the wonderful coding programs, by the way, that are out there, a lot of great yeah. ones. Um, I know that, uh, you know, there is a chance for Interact Project to be able to get there because, um, yeah. Designers are the architects, you know, and I, I tell people all this all the time and it's no disrespect to engineering, no disrespect to them at all. But like, yeah. I, I talk about the architect and the contractor and how mm -hmm. like, you know, the contractor can build your home. I mean, they can build your home. They can, um, you know, put it together and design it, it, it to their, to their specs but the architect is going to go in there and they're going to be mindful of the people that are living in there, the environment that the house is being built on. They're going to be mindful of like how the flow of the house is, uh, where the stairs need to be, um, how wide the, the stairs need to be, depending on the, who the people are. Um, mm. And then, you know, the colors and, and being considerate of, of all these things. And then on top of that, making it absolutely beautiful. And I think that, um, you know, designers and engineers kind of work that way. Uh, and yeah. it's critical to all the things that, uh, you know, products and services that we build today that, that people really understand the importance of design and how um, 
the things that we interact with and the things that have been innovated over the years have come at the hands of designers in engineering working seamlessly together to try to improve the lives of, of, of um, humanity. Awesome. Well, hey, look, how can folks learn more about Interact Project and also follow you or get in touch with you? So um, I tend to send everybody to our website. Uh, I think that's probably the, the best place to do it is, you know, there's ways to get involved. And uh, if you go to our website, we have a Get Involved link, which has more information about how to get involved, if, if anybody is interested in that. We also obviously like, you know, I, I try to ask people to donate, you know, uh, recurring donations really, really help us because we're not, at this point, we're not well-funded organization, you know, um, but we are able to make do with what we have, but we really need more. We need to hire more people. So mm. donations really, really, really do help us. Even if it's just like five or $10 a month, like, you know, it helps. And, um, if anybody wants to, uh, follow me, I'm generally on Twitter. That's my sort of platform of choice at this point. Um, I don't tweet often, uh, but I do, um, you know, uh, tweet and, and talk about things that are important to me and share things that are important to me that are happening with interact project. So you can find me at, uh, D L R O W S E O M. And I'm on Twitter. You can add, that's my at handle. And this is basically Mo's world spelled backwards. So, um, if anybody wants to follow me there, they, you know, they can find me there. That's where I'm at. Is there anything you want to leave with the listeners that we didn't cover in the episode? I think the only thing I would like to leave with the listeners is that, you know, um, it's very important that designers really understand the importance of visual images and how visual images play a role in uh, shaping narratives. And um, it has to be very well thought through in terms of how you're delivering products and services and visual images because they carry a lot of uh, weight in terms of not only people's perception um, but also uh, the marginalized groups that are being affected by those visual images so um, mm. people out there if you're listening uh, that's why it's very important to have people of color working on projects you know just a diverse range of people um, it's really needed in the business. And, um, you know, I, I just want to leave that because I think that's really important that people really need to understand and, and, and know about the stuff that we're doing and what I think is important for our business. Mo, I appreciate the conversation. Yeah. It was super enlightening and inspiring. Um, have a good one. All right. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. What's going on world? Just letting you know that technically speaking is on Clubhouse. So if you have access to the application, go ahead and search for technically speaking and join the nearly 5,000 members globally every Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. We talk about a whole range of different topics supplemental to a lot of the themes on the show. We've got folks that are early in their careers, late in their careers, across different industries, all sharing their experiences, expertise, and tips on stage. It's something that you don't want to miss. I personally look forward to having you in the club and seeing you on stage. That's Technically Speaking on Clubhouse. Enjoy this episode.
be sure to hit the subscribe button on whatever podcast platform that you use. You can also subscribe to my newsletter at harrisonwheeler.com for the latest industry insights, new article posts, and announcements of future guests on the show. Once again, thanks for listening to this episode of Technically Speaking. I'm your host, Harrison Wheeler, and I'm out.